Welcome in, Natty Talk, episode number eight. Mitch McCartney and Kate Lewitsky coming to you from the Rise Network Studios in Shelby Township, Michigan. Kate, actually across the country, actually not really across the country, across the lake, all the way into Chicago, wearing a Detroit hat today. Looking like a, uh, you look like a steel worker today, man. Like you'd be able to pound on an anvil or something. Is that a Carhartt hat? Uh, uh, no, I think it's a New Balance hat. I'm not actually sure. Uh, never mind. Next, a long time ago. <laughs> now you kind of look like a dad with you know ankle high or shin high socks flipping burgers. I'm that dad that like buys a new tiger set every 20 years and like this one's hanging on to its last thread and he's like oh we're going to the tigers indians game at one o'clock on a thursday let me just grab my old trusty hat he tosses it on (laughs) (laughs) your wife's like hey you've had this since we were in high school let's get rid of this no it's great that's you. Says, it, says it's the lucky hat. Tigers haven't won a World Series since '84. Okay, <laughs> the Tigers have not bought, have not won a World Series since you bought that hat. Are you sure it's lucky? Yeah. I swear. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, episode number eight. This is a college football show. Let's start talking about some college freaking football. Get into last week, Cade. How did how did you do for our degenerate gambling friends out there that listen to our picks and bet on them? Honestly, I had to look back and see what I took because I forgot. I thought I did really bad. I ended up going three and two for the game and then five and three against the spread, which isn't like terrible. And then I went two and two on my extra picks. Uh, found out I started off five and zero after the noon slate, I think. And then shout out Maction, CMU with the big cover and an outright win. And then I also said Purdue was going to be the play, but I wasn't going to bet against state. Should have bet against state, but you know, you live and you learn. Yeah, uh, two and three on my end of things against the spread. The Maction really, uh, you know, I, I wasn't loving the match. How you were loving the match, and my Western, my Broncos didn't live up to what I thought they were gonna do. And then I was just, I was just dumbfounded watching that Wake Forest North Carolina game. I, I, I really Man. thought Wake was gonna come through there, and it didn't. Just didn't hit. You did hit. You did pick that over though, didn't you? You picked the over on that game. I don't remember what I, the only under the only over under I remember was the Auburn one. Auburn scored three, so I know I took the under in that one. I don't remember what other plays I had. Uh, I feel it. I thought you. I thought you had. If you maybe did, I did. Obviously, it's a good pick because you know, yeah. fast score fifty six fifty three. That's quite quite the total right there. But uh, yeah, no. Let's get into the recap. Obviously, as we just said, North Carolina hangs on, beats Wake Forest. Uh, they're headed to Pittsburgh. To, isn't that tomorrow night? North Carolina? Yeah, Pitt? it is. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett, two. I mean, they're going to be draft picks. I don't know who's going to go. I mean, Kenneth, Kenny Pickett's probably a first-rounder. Uh, Sam Howell will – I think he's got first-round talent. I, I don't think he's performing as a first-round quarterback this year, and I think that's mostly due to like him losing all of his receivers to the draft and a couple of his running backs, too, to the draft last year. And we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, I'm sure you loved this one on Saturday. Purdue upsetting Michigan State in Purdue. The spoiler makers back again to just, you know, spoil your day. Especially you, literally. Yeah, I mean, you just feel it. When you turn late, like they wouldn't turn the game on because North Carolina, Wake Forest was going late. You had to go on ESPNU. I turned on ESPNU. We already fumbled. I was like, oh, that's cool. Finally get back. 
Do you know, I don't even know what the ABC I meant. Uh, well, no, it was on ESPNU. Then you had to turn it back to ABC. I don't know. The whole game was just a shit show. I mean, let him throw for 500 yards. You know, DBs get exposed, shocker. Um, Kenneth still looked good, even though he fumbled. Uh, Thorne looked very shaky. I don't know. I didn't, like, he made some very big-time throws in the first half, and then he, they came out on fire in the second, and then it was just, like, everything went downhill. I don't think it changes much in terms of, like, you know, stuff to win out. Like, you could you couldn't lose one game as long as it's not Ohio State. So they already lost their one game. Uh, but now they have to win out. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, it was an entertaining game. And I think that your secondary being as bad as it is is almost a compliment because you guys are 8-1. and one, And it just it just goes to show how good you guys are at other aspects of the game besides the secondary because the secondary is just uh, it's it's bad it's not good it's it's really yeah and i think that i think peyton thorne's a good quarterback i do think he needs to work on uh some accuracy just and minor things i mean he's not missing guys by a lot but it's just you know making sure he's throwing it to the right shoulder and only where his receiver can get it or it's incomplete but uh i mean yeah you know go down to the sec yeah Oh, go ahead. Do you have something else to say? I just, just one more. Like the like the bend don't break defense they were talking about. Well, the start. I don't like to make the excuses, but those announcers were so anti Michigan State. It was incredible. Like they didn't say one good thing about Michigan State the whole game, and that just like that ruins the experience because you know you you hope they're not biased, but like I don't think they were biased toward Purdue. They just didn't like Michigan State for some reason. So you know I muted that. I was listening to that stuff, and then the bend don't break defense they were talking about was true at least in the first half. Uh, they haven't been great all year. They just like get red zone stops. So those weren't happening, you know, a lot of stupid penalties, some that you can complain about, but like, you can't let's, you can't give up 40 plus points and complain about penalties. So there's different things that you could talk about, but you know, it's either the next week. It doesn't really change much in my opinion. Like I said, on to who do you guys got Maryland this week? Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, see. I mean, who knows? On to Maryland where, Hey, I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I think you guys will take care of things, but uh, I, I don't know how to say his name, so I'm just going to call him to his younger brother. He can throw the football. Maryland could throw the football. Mm-hmm. It could be an interesting game, but I would like to think that you guys would be able to fix things enough to pull out a win in that week. Head down south, A&M defeats uh, Auburn. Just, I mean, they just absolutely shut them down, honestly. I mean, Auburn only scoring three points. It doesn't happen very much. And AM, man, I mean, they're, just, they're a nice, nice team. And they're that Alabama win, it keeps looking good. I mean, actually, maybe, maybe it doesn't because Alabama kind of sucked this weekend against LSU. But AM's a little, they're, they're up and coming. They're kind of flying under the radar. What's your, uh, what's your thoughts on them? Yeah, I didn't watch a ton of the game uh, because I was watching the state game. But, you know, it's not good for Auburn when everyone's talking about, oh, you know, they're letting Bo Nix play now. They're letting him throw the ball. You know, he's looking like a competent QB, and then he, they score three points. So, I mean, AMD, AM's defense has been strong all year. We'll keep that up this week, too, probably. So, I mean, good one for them. Um, you know, they're like, I don't know, they're top 15 now, so they might have been before, too. But they're still looking like a solid team, like you said, that Bama win. I mean, no matter what, it still looks good, even if Bama magically loses out, which we're not going to. Yeah, speaking of Bama, let's uh let's get to that. They just very ever so slightly edge out the LSU Tigers. And this was a game where I mean, I was quite frankly, I don't remember the spread going into Saturday, 
but I can guarantee you it had to be a much bigger than, you know, Alabama minus seven. Cause that's all they won by. And Bryce, mm-hmm. Young, it just did not look good. What's uh like, what's really going on with this Alabama team? Cause like, let's, let's not get it twisted. They're still really, really good. They're still, you know, unless something really crazy happens going to go to the college football playoff and, and probably play for a national title. But what's the difference between this Alabama team opposed to other years when you, they were just, you know, the Alabama that we're used to, that's just a, a well-oiled machine and just regularly beats people by 35 plus. Yeah. I think the number one thing is like, they haven't really had that standout wide out. Um, they've had some guys that make plays, but they usually have that one guy like Smith last year, you know, and Judy was there too. And, you know, you can even go back to like Julio and things like that, Mari Cooper, but um, you know, they just didn't like the offense wasn't clicking and, you know, you can just talk it up to like the big time robbery game with LSU, things like that. Uh, but being a 28 and a half point favorite, I think, and winning by whatever it was, six or seven, I mean, that's not a great look, but you know, you just got to head down, move on. They play like New Mexico or New Mexico state this week. So, you know, the great, the great battle of the sec in that game, which is ridiculous that they even play that game in mid November, but I think they'll be fine. We just got to, you know, we'll see how the Auburn game goes, uh, you know, later in the year and we'll go from there. Thank you for bringing that up because I agree with you. It's complete BS that in what is it week 10 now week nine week 10 of college football and the sec gets a glorified bye week where yeah they, it's crazy it's it's ridiculous but I mean, whatever the, the sec they're they're the dad of the college football world so uh, you know dad gets to do what dad wants so <laughs> i guess i guess that's where we're at with it let's get into our top tens of the week for this week, going to let Mr. Lewitsky lead this one off. Who's sitting at number 10 for you? Yeah, I put Notre Dame back in the top 10. Uh, they don't really play anyone else, but, you know, they'll keep, they'll probably keep winning. They'll probably be 11 and 1 and make a near six bowl. Uh, they beat Navy. Um, Cohen still looks fine. So I think their defense uh, will stand tough and, you know, keep winning those games that they need to win. I just hope they don't somehow get into like the playoff. I know they won't because they're not undefeated, but like that would just be like traumatizing. Just knowing, you know, what Notre Dame has done in the playoff in the past. I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I was just, just that thought clicks in my head when, you know, teams start losing and you like, look at it, you're like, there's always a way there's that 1% chance, but I'll, I'll put Notre Dame at 10. I don't really think the rankings at this point, you could flop and flip flop pretty much three through 10. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Honestly, it's a it's a big big thing with college football is it can be top heavy sometimes. Number ten, I have my uh, Texas A&M Aggies. Great win against Auburn. We already mentioned the huge win against Alabama. Jimbo Fisher doing a, a pretty nice job there. I, I love the defense. Think the defense is really really solid. Offense a little uh, inconsistent, but definitely not bad. I, I think things are going well there. See how the rest of the year goes for them, but yeah. Aggies at 10 for me. I uh, got the Sooners at nine uh, by a week last week. They play some tough defenses their last three games. Uh, I think this will be the last week that they're in my top 10. Uh, I hope they lose. I'm not a huge fan of the Sooners. And, you know, I just don't think they're very good. We said it all year. Uh, QB play has been better, obviously, now. But I just don't think their team as a whole is great. So I got them at nine. 
Yeah, no, I would agree with you there. Uh, give me Notre Dame at nine. I didn't really know what to do with them that much this week. Just decided to throw them in there at nine. I feel like I can't quite put them outside of my top 10, but they're not necessarily one of my favorite teams in college football this week. So I decided to throw them in at nine. Nice win over Navy. If they do win out, I I don't see how they get into the, I mean, I, I think they need a lot of help at this point to get into the playoffs. So We'll have to see what happens with that. But I mean, like you said, you know, when you were talking about them, about, about having them at number 10, they're probably going to win out, go 11 and one and end up in some new year six against some school. And uh, I mean, that's okay. Things happen. It's a down year for Notre Dame. If that's your down year, you got a damn good football program. So congratulations. Hey, I got uh, my pokes beat up on Kansas. That was my, or, Beat up on West Virginia. Sorry, I'm getting confused. Uh, but, you know, had that, that game. Uh, they looked good. I mean, the defense is still solid. I think they're ranked third in the country in defensive overall rating now. I've been harping on it all year, uh, which is weird for a Gundy team that usually has great offenses. Their offenses, their offense has been struggling, but the defense stands tall, you know, has still hasn't let up more than 24 points in the game. Uh, they got TCU this week. I think they keep rolling uh, until that game against Oklahoma where um, they seem to always struggle in that one. But I think, you know, this might be the year. I'm going to agree with you here, man. I got Oklahoma State at eight. Thought they had a real nice win against West Virginia. Basically, everything you said, defense is stout. And they just keep needing to just keep need to be doing what they're doing. And I think, um, you know, a lot of attention is going to be brought to the program that final week of the season when they do play Oklahoma. Um, for their sake, they probably want Oklahoma to be 11 and 0 going into that game. Uh, for me, our sake, you know, me and you being, uh, Oklahoma haters this year, I want Oklahoma to lose as much as possible, but Okie state doing good things. Mike Gundy, the mullet is flowing and things are do- doing good over there. I got the Wolverines at seven. Uh, nothing changes much with them. They beat Indiana. Uh, could win at home. I guess Big Ten win uh, this week will be a test. I'm not really sure what's going to happen in this one. This is probably the Penn State-Michigan game. You know, the line's weird. The timing of the game is weird or Line. another noon game. Yeah, so, like, uh, we'll talk about it in the preview, but, you know, it's do or die for them, obviously, as we know. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like, 100% on Michigan. I still think they're a very good football team with their defense, offense, We'll have questions throughout the, still have questions throughout the season, but I do think that, you know, uh, if they play their football game, they will keep winning. Seven, I'm going to go Oregon. You guys have heard me give them a lot of compliments this year, and it's not that they're a bad football team. You know, you look at the college football playoff rankings, the committee has them at three, and I think that they are just riding the wave of that week two, week three win at Ohio state because you look at their games besides them, besides that game. And, you know, there's the loss to Stanford, which is kind of funny because I feel like Oregon, you know, out of these teams probably has the, the equally best and worst loss. Like they have a great win at Ohio state and then they have a horrible loss. I believe they were home against Stanford or maybe it was on the road. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but I just, I don't see a lot of specialty things on this team anymore. Like I saw early in the year. Yeah. You got Kayvon Thibodeau, which is, I mean, he's a, you know, outstanding player, probably going to be number one overall, probably come to our Detroit lions, please. We need help everywhere. 
but I'm just really not impressed with what I've seen. Most recent game, 26 to 16 against Washington. A win's a win, but you know, for me, if you want to be considered elite as a Pac-12 team with how this Pac-12 is constructed, I need to see you blowing out teams left and right. And they just aren't doing that this year. They're winning their games, but I'm just not impressed with them. So going to knock them down a couple points. Got them at seven in my rankings this week. Yeah, I agree with everything you've said. I'm now looking at my list. I realized that I think I put some teams higher that I actually want to lose just so, you know, try to boost them up and then hopefully they lose because I just don't think they're good. But I wasn't huge at Oregon, as I said, you know, throughout many podcasts. But uh, I got the Spartans at six. Uh, you know, I'm not going to hard on it anymore. That was a tough loss. Um, you know, Purdue just seems to win big games for some reason. It's kind of weird, but you know, they still control their own destiny. You know, it's the same as Michigan state, Michigan, Ohio state, whoever, um, I guess whoever can go two and zero in those games, but for Michigan, you know, whoever can go, whoever, ugh, if they can beat Ohio state, you know, things really get interesting for the big 10, but you know, I think they just got to come back, you know, win, win a big game uh, against Ohio State next week, but don't look ahead of this game because, you know, Maryland can throw over the DBs and they just got to get healthy. They had so many guys out too on Saturday and it was tough. Um, I don't think it might it would have changed a ton just because, you know, the game seemed to be headed one way, but they just got to figure it out quick. And I think Mel's the guy to do it. So I think they'll be fine. Yeah, let me give uh, Scotty Hazleton a call. Ask him about his secondary real quick. Ah. Yes, there it is. Crickets yeah, not looking great. I, I'd say their their safeties are good, but their corners are very very bad. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Will Williams, the Alabama transfer, and uh, Kimbrough, the Florida transfer. Um, transfers for a reason. I'll say that. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, they would not be playing at those SEC schools. Oh, sir. Uh, number six for me, my Michigan Wolverines. You know, nice win against Indiana. I mean, nothing really to say. I mean, it was a nice performance. Got to see a lot of J.J. McCarthy in the fourth quarter. And uh, kind of like what Kate said, it's a it's a big, hey, here we are. Uh, it's the week of another big game in the Harbaugh era. Is he going to find a way to screw this one up? I'll probably. But uh, I'm hopeful. Yeah, I don't think this is the most daunting Penn State team in the world. We're extremely lucky that for what feels like the first time in the Harbaugh era, we're actually going to Penn state and it's not a nighttime whiteout. So that makes things a lot easier on our end. And um, Hey, Michigan's up for assessment this week. It's, I mean, we, we said it's put up or shut up a million times. Uh, I think that, I think it is really is put up or shut up from the fans perspective, but from the university perspective, it's going to take a lot for them to ever fire Jim Harbaugh. So we'll have to see what happens. They're going to drop, lot in my rankings if they if they end up losing this game this weekend but if they win you'll uh you'll probably see them rise up a lot so that's where i'm at i got oregon at five now that i look at it i don't love it but they do keep winning i do hope that either utah oregon state beats them because i do not want to see them in this playoff because they will get exposed uh their defense is solid and their rug game's solid they just can't throw the ball whatsoever um uh, but they keep winning. So, you know, like you said, Stanford was an absolutely terrible loss. When you look at the team uh, that Stanford just keeps losing to now. And then obviously Ohio State's a great win. But, you know, I think at some point, you know, the committee will have to look at it. I don't think they'll change it just because, but, you know, the committee 
won't probably move them unless they lose a game. So I'm hoping they lose, but they do have my respect, I guess, for now. And then they're at five. Five. I got Michigan State. Um, listen, I, w- I was tempted to vault Michigan ahead of them, but I think, you know, I, I think head to head matchups are still worth something. I mean, they're worth a lot. Obviously, at least in my book, they are. I mean, you look at the playoff committee, maybe not so much with Michigan being ranked ahead of them. You know, I mean, yeah, it was a bad loss. At least they were on the road in my eyes. And I think they just do so many things well, other than the secondary, which is just a glaring weakness on this team. I just think they have more firepower than Michigan. They have a lot more firepower than Oregon. And then, you know, the other three on my list, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, they just flat out have better resumes then. So, I mean, I think people need to pump the brakes on Michigan State. I, on the whole, oh, my God, we whiffed on Michigan State thing. I, You know, this is like you said, this is something that Purdue has a knack for. So just get over it, win out, and you'll find yourself in the Big Ten title game. I guess since you have four, <laughs> this team is so weird. Like, they're going to probably go undefeated. And then if other teams lose, they could make it in the playoff. But they're like a Notre Dame for me in recent years past. Like, they just win close games, but I don't even know if they're good anymore. Like, they're a good football team, but I don't know if they're playoff good anymore. Uh, They just can't seem to cover anymore ever since they were getting, you know, the coverage after Notre Dame game. Uh, For their sake, I hope they do win out. Uh, For, you know, the Big Ten's sake, I hope they – at least drop one. They could drop one at SMU or in the championship, but who knows? I'm just so sick of seeing them and all the talk on Twitter about them. Like it's reached that point where I hope they, you know, something happens. I don't know what it is. If they win a big game and a bunch of teams lose, or if they lose and, you know, some teams move up, but not a huge fan of it. It just kind of sucks for Cincy because they have like, they really don't have no way to prove themselves until they, you know, inevitably do. I mean, they're going to get to a very good bowl game, maybe the playoff, this year, I tend to think that this the committee is going to leave them out just because of the lack of a strength, a, a strong schedule. And, uh, you know, that's not it's not just because they're, you know, non power five. They're, you know, the AAC this year is way worse than it normally is. So you know, that doesn't help them out. I got them at four two. you want to just give them the rest of our three since they're they match up. Yeah, OK, Um. so the rest of our uh, rankings, we got Ohio State at three. Bama at two and Georgia at one. I'm I'm sure, you know, we both wanted to knock Bama down maybe a little bit after that horrible performance against LSU. I just, I don't know how you gamble with that team when they are just, I mean, I guess clearly they're not, you know, broken because they're still playing for Orgeron, but you know, the fact that Orgeron's leaving after this year, I, um, I just expected a lot more out of Alabama in that game. And then Georgia is still doing Georgia things. They're still the best defense I've probably ever seen in college football. My pick for the national title. They're, they're great. Things are going well in Athens, Georgia. Yeah. Um, Ohio state, uh, they, they just haven't had any convincing wins either. Like, I mean, they struggled against Nebraska Didn't play great against Penn state. So they're weird too. Uh, Bama game, you know, who knows what's going to happen with them. Uh, I hope they do lose another game just because I don't think – I don't agree with – we could talk about it with the playoff rankings, but I don't agree a ton with, like, the if they play Georgia close and lose, they should be in. You know, you shouldn't be in with two losses. 
And then, you know, Georgia's going to keep rolling. A lot of people think Tennessee is going to give them a game. I think Georgia just rolls them again. You can lay that 20 whenever you want. So that about rounds out the top 10, though. You know, I don't think Georgia probably won't move all year. They'll be the unanimous. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's uh, give them who is on the bubble for us. And uh, we'll talk about these playoff rankings real quick. Give you some of our input. Who's on the bubble for you, Cade? Uh, I got a and I know you put them at 10. I like that too. You know, I think it could flop them or Notre Dame. Then I have UTSA, just give them their undefeated, you know, coin or whatever, you know, give them their star. They keep winning. I don't know. I just want to toss someone else in there because everyone else I looked at that could be on the bubble just stinks. So I'll give UTSA their flowers now. You did this a few weeks ago with Coastal Carolina, didn't you? And they lost. Yeah, right after I said it, I was like, you know what, I'll get Coastal in there. And then they lost. So, you know, if UTSA loses again, maybe I'll have to put someone else in there that I don't like. So they lose the next week. Cade curse. Cade puts you on his bubble. You're done for next Saturday. <laughs> I think, yeah. When I put Kentucky in there, or I don't think Kentucky was on my bubble, but like right when I like put Kentucky at 10, I was like, you know, I still think they're good. They just drop games left and right. So I know, right. It's so disappointing. <laughs> I, I loved watching Kentucky and then they lost like three games in a row. I was like, what the hell, man? I was getting mm-hmm. excited for you guys. Now uh, they they still got things going well over there. They'll they'll figure it out. Not this season, but they'll they'll get it figured out. My bubble. Um, listen, man. Oklahoma was on by this week, and in my book, it's enough to get their asses out of the top ten. So, <laughs> but I didn't I, even realize you, I didn't even realize you didn't put them in the top ten. I was waiting for you to say something. I I was gonna see if I could sneak it in there, and I did. Yeah, I got Oklahoma on the bottle bubble, the bottle, and then uh, Baylor too. Two teams that play each other this Saturday on on my bubble, and um, I I am the biggest Baylor Bears fan in the world as of that right now for this week because my irritation with the Oklahoma program has just reached an all time high, and I can't wait to see them lose this weekend because it's happening. Yeah, you give me. I a, agree. I hope I hope they lose. You give me a home underdog, I'm taking it every time, especially when it's Baylor. And you, good. you know the public's going to be on Oklahoma, too, after that loss to TCU for Baylor. So Absolutely. it's just all the stars are aligning. Let's get Oklahoma and they're probably going to out of here. Yes, sir. All right. College football playoff rankings. This is being recorded on a Wednesday night. We just got our second edition of the 2021 rankings last night. Go ahead and list them off to you guys. Got Georgia at number one. No surprises. Alabama at two. I was shocked that they put Oregon at number three. I mean, yeah, I guess that Ohio State win is there. But other than that, at least in my opinion, not all that impressed, you know, after a reevaluation of 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 the Ducks because I I, I was pretty high on them uh, for a couple weeks after that Ohio State win, but I think they've just kind of slowly and steadily declined to a pretty boring, uh, very a winning team. So I, I was shocked to see them at three. Got Ohio State at four, Cincinnati at five, and the Michigan rounding out the top six at number six. Uh, do you have any any issues with the top six? How do you feel about Michigan State being bumped? Uh, behind Michigan after winning the head-to-head battle with U of M, then losing the next week at Purdue. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand it. Um, you know, you know, the, in my opinion, the better team did win that matchup. So I believe that it should be state six, the seven uh, and Michigan seven, you know, I'm not going to throw a fit on here because these rankings are just to get people talking like, you know, us two are doing right now. 
Uh, but I feel like if they're going to put Michigan over Michigan State, I feel like they should put Ohio State over Oregon because we can clearly see that Ohio State's a better team right now. Uh, if they would have done that, you know, that I probably wouldn't even said anything when you asked me that question. But, you know, uh, well, like, like you said, like until I'd say Ohio State plays Michigan State next week, I don't really think these rankings matter because, uh, you know, you can kind of put whoever you want there. And then I also think that Michigan State beats Ohio State because uh, I don't think the rankings will change much this week if all the teams win. But if Michigan State beats Ohio State, then they're going to jump Michigan. So, like, I don't really know why they did that. Uh, you know, like I said, probably get people talking. But, you know, I hope I hope Oregon loses because I don't think they're great. And I hope Cincy loses as well. So, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm kind of – I'm not irritated with Cincy. I, I see why the – I see why the committee has them up there, but I also think that, you know, I just kind of like heartbreaking for them. Cause I don't, don't think that there's any way, shape or form that they make it into the playoff this year. I just don't think that committee is going to allow them because of how weak their schedule is. And uh, I mean, it's a bummer for them. I would kind of agree with you on um, Michigan state being ranked ahead of Michigan. They, I think they should be. I also see, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying I agree with it. I think Michigan state's a better team than Michigan, but I can see how someone would think that Michigan is a better team. Just looking at the fact that, okay, Michigan went on the road to state and only lost by four after pissing away a 16 point lead. And you know, had control of the game for most of the game, I would say, as opposed to Michigan state going on the road against Purdue and, I don't, did they ever lead? Did they, did they, I think they might've scored the first touchdown and that's it, right? Uh, no, they kind of Walker fumbled, Purdue scored and then state scored right away. So it was seven, seven. And then it was also 21, 21, but now they can kind of get a stop. So you can't take a lead if you can't get a stop. Yeah. So, I mean, I can see why the playoff, the playoff committee does have Michigan above them. Uh, but I don't agree with it. I do think that Michigan state is slightly the better team there. Um, now oh, that's that's really all I have. That's all my thoughts on the um, on the playoff rankings. Besides Oregon, I mean Oregon needs to. I would agree with you in the sense that Oregon and Ohio State didn't need to be flipped because yeah, week three was a long time ago, man. <laughs> Oregon, yeah, and I just like no. Ohio State's won plenty of games by large amounts, um, and Oregon see like gave up twenty nine to Colorado, who's one of the bottom teams in the NCAA. You know, struggle with Washington. There's just multiple games where they haven't looked good against teams that would lose to a ton of other teams. Oh yeah, the Big Ten is these uh the the, the mediocre Big Ten wins that Ohio State is getting is much better than the mediocre Pac-12 wins that Oregon is getting. I mean, the Big Ten is undoubtedly the stronger conference there, and. I don't know, Oregon just seems to kind of be sleepwalk, sleepwalking through the season, and maybe that's because they're just not excited to play any of these guys, which I kind of understand, but they need to do better if they want to be taken more seriously in my book. Uh, I'm going to send things over to Cade. We got some mock bowl games to tell you guys about. Yeah. Uh, for the sake of the rankings, you know, I did put Michigan over Michigan State, you know, like the committee did. Uh even though if I might not agree with it, I just think, you know, we'll just do it at that point. Cause I think that's what will, would end up happening if the season ended today. So to start off, we do have Michigan state versus Cincy in the peach bowl. Um, who would you take in that one, Mitch? Uh, state. I mean, I, <laughs> listen, I want to take Cincinnati, 
and your secondary is horrible. That is a that is factual information. But I don't think I have seen enough explosiveness out of the Cincinnati passing game that I would need to see in order to create you know a feasible way for them to win that game because I do think the Michigan State rush defense and then the offense as a whole is very very good. And Desmond Ritter, you know, for the for the Bearcats, a nice quarterback. I like his size. If you look at his stats, it's a lot of, you know, nine of 15, you know, 12 of 23. They're just not this high volume passing team, which I think that that is exactly what you need to beat Michigan State. Unless you're I I would say a Michigan, a team that just runs the ball right down your throat. But they obviously were weren't unable to be were unable to be state doing that this year. So, yeah, I mean, I'd like uh I like stating that one. I just don't think since he's got the passing power to overcome that and to really target that secondary properly. Yeah, I think Michigan State would win this game as well. Um, you know, I just think they're the better team overall. Since he, you know, they've had such large spreads and their offense can't put up those points they need to cover games and their defense allows them to keep it close. Uh, you know, getting that turnover when they need it. Uh, I see Desmond Ritter getting some Heisman, you know, talk, but I don't think he's flashy enough. I don't think he gets those Heisman moments against those teams that aren't great. So, uh, yeah, I have Michigan State win this one by a good amount. Uh, next game, Fiesta Bowl, Notre Dame versus Oklahoma. <laughs> this is just quite the game. Uh, who you got in this one? Yeah, it's an interesting one. Notre Dame, Oklahoma. Um, I like the matchup, though. I do think it would be interesting. Ah. Uh, Listen, man, I just think Oklahoma is way too over the all over the place this year to be able to pick them to beat a good but not great Notre Dame team. You know, Jack Cohn, uh, Kyron Williams uh, over there doing. Hold on, that's his name, right? Kyron Williams, the running back. Yeah, I, I was like, wait a second. I'm ninety percent sure that that that's that guy's name. Uh, nice running back over there in Notre Dame, and then you got you know, on the Oklahoma side of things, Caleb Williams. Just oozing talent, gonna be the September Heisman favorite next year. But they just—I mean, you're getting a different team seemingly every week with this Sooner football team. And I'm gonna go with consistency on this one. I would like Notre Dame in that one. I—I think they take care of business. I think you get—you know—that talented of a team in a true freshman's face. He has not played. I mean, I don't think. I think Notre Dame would be by far and away the best team that Oklahoma has played this season. So I, I think uh, I would like Notre Dame to punch him in the mouth in that one. Yeah, I just think the Notre Dame controls that game. I think they can run the ball, you know, have that time of possession that wears down the Oklahoma defense, which already isn't great. And then, you know, their defense with Kyle Hamilton at safety, they got some good guys in there up front too where they can, you know, slow down Caleb Williams, uh, you know, create some turnovers. So I do like Notre Dame as well, but I do like the matchup too. I think this is like one of those games where, you know, people will be tuning into and, you know, it's kind of like the the teams that don't compete in the playoff bowl. Uh, you know, I'd probably put it, I'd label it as that, as the alter name, but, you know, still two good programs as well. So, you know, I'm not just going to hate on them, but, you know, they're in a New Year's Six Bowl for a reason. They win games, but I just don't think they're great. Uh, next game, Sugar Bowl. My pokes, Oklahoma State versus the Aggies of Texas A&M. Uh, great matchup here. Who you got? I do think it's a really good matchup. Uh, I got A&M all day, though. Sorry to 
break your heart, break your Oklahoma State Cowboys heart. I just think Oklahoma, or I'm sorry, I just think AM is just a much more well-rounded team. I like what they're doing on offense. The defense is fierce. You know, like I said, they got that great win over Bama. And like you mentioned earlier in the episode, there's just a lot of inconsistencies on the offense, which is really different from what we're used to. Uh, that normal Big 12 style Oklahoma State offense, it's just high flying, high passing volume. You know, it's it's a weird, weird year for Oklahoma State, but it is a good year. I just think that AM is the more well-rounded team. And I think that they match up better against Oklahoma State than Oklahoma State matches up against AM. Yeah. Um obviously I'm gonna take the pokes here, but I mean just hammer the under in this game if it becomes a real one, because I think it could be like a nine to six type of game. Uh these defenses are both very solid, both have playmakers. Uh, I haven't watched a ton of AM. You know, I know they got uh their QB has been playing better, you know, obviously since the uh Alabama game. But, you know, I will ride with the Pokes. Their offense did look very good against uh, West Virginia. They were able to throw the ball. They were able to run the ball. So I do think they have some – they still have the test with Oklahoma. But, you know, I hope they do make it near six cool because I think their defense can compete with most offenses in the country. Uh, next game, we got the Rose Bowl. Disgusting matchup between Michigan and Utah. This is why we need Oregon to lose because I'm fine with Oregon in the Rose Bowl. There's no reason to have two Pac-12 teams – in your six bowls. So who you got on this one? Listen, man, I, I've, we all know how I feel about Harbaugh in big games, but if this man could not, can't beat Utah with the team that he has assembled this year, which I know we dropped a huge one at Michigan state, but let's not kid ourselves. Michigan's a very, very good football team this year. I, I just, I, other than the Harbaugh dropping big game factor, I have no reason to believe that Utah wins this game. So I am going to go out on a limb and say that Michigan wins that, which is, I just, I can't believe I have to go out on a limb and say that, but yeah, no, I'd like Michigan in that one. Utah is just, uh, I mean, that's just quite frankly, a team you should take care of regardless of the game, whether it's, you know, a normal regular season game at home on the road or in this situation that we're talking about now, you know, the, the Rose bowl. Yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, Michigan being back in the Rose Bowl doesn't look good. You know, they haven't been there in quite some time. And a Michigan versus Oregon matchup would be a great matchup. You know, I like to watch that one. I don't care for this Michigan-Utah matchup. I don't I don't even know. Like, I know Utah lost an early game. I'm sure they had, like, three losses probably. So it's just unfortunate that they, you know, put a Pac-12 team in this game. Like, I wish they could, like, you know make an exception for it. But if Oregon does have two losses and they win the Pac-12, you know, I think they should be in it. Uh, but the matchup doesn't say that. It's Michigan versus Utah. And I think, you know, Utah probably comes out, hits in the mouth for the first quarter, and Michigan rolls them probably like 38 to 10 or something like that. I don't think it's very close. Yeah. Um, they got lost. I, I just looked them up real quick because I was curious too, because I'm not, you know, obviously Pac-12 starts pretty late over here in the Midwest uh, in our time zone. So I don't, I haven't watched a ton of Utah either this year. Yeah, they have losses to Oregon State, uh, San Diego State, and BYU, and their wins aren't great either. Okay, I mean those aren't terrible losses. Like those three teams aren't great, but like they are solid teams. Well, San Diego State was like undefeated until they lost to Fresno, and BYU solid, but still three three loss team. And maybe, well, I guess someone else would probably be in over them if they lost another game. But yeah, just funny. We like to, we like to. What's up? What's funny is you said that uh, 
you know, like Michigan, Oregon would be a great matchup and Oregon lost to Stanford. Utah went to Stanford and won 52 to seven. I know. Yeah, I know. I took them last week. I took Stanford plus seven and a half. And I think I woke up the next morning. I was like, Oh, how'd Stanford do? And I looked at the score, just turned my phone off, you know, grabbed my jacket, left the house. I was like, that's just disgusting. Next year, we got the semi, one of the semifinals, the 1v4 Orange Bowl, Georgia versus Ohio State. Uh, I think this is actually a better game. I'll take this one first, actually. I think this is a better game uh, than most people probably uh, make it out to be. I think Ohio State competes with this game, gives Georgia's defense some trouble at first. But, you know, I'm not going to pick against Georgia. I don't think, like, college basketball this past year, you know, we had Gonzaga the whole year who was, you know, number one, but, you know, Baylor was right there the whole year too. People, a lot of people had Baylor winning the natty. I don't think that's similar in college football. Uh, I think it's everyone's on Georgia now, not before the season, but now everyone's on Georgia and I don't really see that changing unless, you know, they get a big injury or um, they fall to someone they shouldn't. And, you know, I think Georgia wins this game too. Yeah, I'd agree. think Georgia wins this game. I don't think it's a blowout. I would agree that I think Ohio State gives them a run for their money, but I, I would say that it's not a game by halfway through the third quarter. You know, I, I just think that the Georgia defense is just simply too much for any team in college football this year. And Ohio State, while they are putting up some really nice offensive numbers, don't think that they're on that offensive level to where they would be able to you know, challenge the likes of a Georgia defense. Um, I think it would be really interesting if, you know, just hypothetical if, if Ohio State were to have a coach or a coordinator that is as creative as um, like Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. Like, I think that that would make this game insanely interesting. Um, but I just don't think they have the offensive creativity nor the firepower to keep up with this uh, with this Georgia defense. And, and on the defensive side, you know, Georgia's nothing, Georgia's a good offense, nothing crazy, nothing special. But then uh, you can almost say the same for the Ohio State defense. They don't have any like crazy standout players this year, but they're solid. They're nice. They've figured out their uh, issues against the run for the most part. But I would like Georgia by a comfortable margin, but nothing crazy, maybe 10 to 17 on the high end um, in a win for Georgia. All right, last game, I guess, semifinal game. I guess we don't really need to talk about this one. It's Alabama versus Oregon. Um, I, I think we both have Alabama. Unless you want to make a case for Oregon, we can talk about it. But, you know, I think Alabama will do, like, their uh, role of Washington or Notre Dame in past playoffs, and they would roll Oregon. Yeah, I don't think I can make an actual, like, football case as to why Oregon would come out with a win in this in this one. But then again, I couldn't make an actual football case as to why Alabama only beat LSU by seven points this weekend. So, yeah, I mean, I would still absolutely pick Alabama to win. But on the off chance that Alabama does have one of those games that they are seem to have a few of this year of just kind of not showing up, really. I do think it could be a game. Don't think that they could ever screw it up enough to end up losing it. So yeah, I roll with the tide on that one for sure. And then I guess we did a national championship with Georgia versus Alabama, which would only happen if Bama beats Georgia in the SEC championship. I don't think Alabama can beat Georgia twice in one season, at least this Georgia team. So I would take Georgia. Yeah. Agreed here. I think Georgia is, I mean, I think they are the national champion. I think it's just a matter of time. They're, they're nuts this year. And it's like I said, you know, the offense isn't great, 
but they don't make mistakes. They don't turn the ball over a lot. They don't commit a ton of penalties. And when you have a defense that is that good, that's all you need on the offensive side of the ball, especially when your defense, you know, like I'm pretty sure they've, they have more, they've scored more points on defense than their defense has given up this year. And that's just mind boggling how good you have to be to do that. So yeah, don't think anyone's touching Georgia this year. Yeah. They give up like six points a game, uh, like outside of garbage time, which is pretty nuts to even consider for a college football defense. All right. Uh, this week's preview got a much better slate than last week. Last week's slate was pretty tough. Uh, only had a couple games. We got a good amount of games to go over right now. So we'll start off with uh, tomorrow's game, which we talked about a little bit. North Carolina at number 21 pit. This is tomorrow night at 730. Love when a college football game competes with uh, – the NFL Thursday night football, but Thursday night football is not great. Anyways, we got Pitt minus six and a half over under at 73 and a half. What do you like in this one? Wow. Uh, huge over under two teams that don't really play a lot of defense. It's also kind of the battle of like extremely talented quarterbacks with extremely average rosters, you know, Kenny Pickett on the Pittsburgh side of things. And then Sam Howell for North Carolina, the Tar Heels coming out of a crazy battle with the demon Deacons last week me and Cade still don't quite know what a demon deacon is what that has to do with anything I'm saying right now I don't know listen I think this is a close one I like Pitt to win but I do think that North Carolina keeps it close I think they cover the spread yeah uh, I also have Pitt to win but I do have them to cover as well I think North Carolina had their game for the year last week uh, against Wake and I think this is kind of a letdown game I think Pitt uh Beats them pretty handedly. I don't love this over under because, you know, it decides to be a shootout. I look like I'm the guy at the water cooler that took the under in the Pitt, North Carolina game. But I also do like the under, but I'm going to stay away with it and just roll with uh, Pitt minus six and a half. Next game, the game, number six, Michigan at Penn State. We got a noon game. Penn State is minus one, which is just alert, alert to start. Over under at 48. Uh, I'll go first just so you can have the floor after me, um, you know, just let you let it all out for this one. Everything in me wants to take Penn state, but I'm not going to do it. I will take Michigan to win and cover, I guess, you know, it doesn't really matter. Cover the plus one. Uh, I don't love the over under just cause I don't trust either team really, but I just think, you know, everyone's going to want to take the trap in this one, you know, Penn state minus one. I just think Michigan's the better team. And I think they can, uh, you know, if they can put up points, to an extent where, you know, Clifford has to play catch up and starts making turnovers. I think, you know, this game gets out of hand quickly. Uh, I hope it's a great game. Um, you know, I hope Penn state does end up winning just, you know, for my Spartans aspect of it, but you know, I do think Michigan will uh, inevitably win this game. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you on this one. I know I've went on and on about the Jim Harbaugh, big game rivalry factor, not rivals in the, in this game against the Nittany Lions, absolutely a big game. You know, if you take a look at the history of this series, especially in the Harbaugh era, uh, it pretty much just ends up going to whoever the home team is. I do think this is a down year for Penn state. And I, I think this is, you know, while we screwed up royally a couple of weeks ago in East Lansing, I do think that this is Michigan or Jim Harbaugh's best Michigan team does not turn the ball over. Not a lot of penalties runs the ball really well. Cade McNamara, probably one of the most calm, cool and collected quarterbacks I've seen from college football this year. I think you need all of those things 
to win a big game on the road. Michigan has them all, and I think as long as we don't repeat what we did in East Lansing, in East Lansing a couple of weeks ago and just completely shit the bed, I think we come out with a win. We're, we're, we're going to save sh- our last shit the bed for Ohio State the last week of the season because of inevitably that's, that is going to happen. So we're, we're good. We're going to sleep through the night. No shit in the bed this time. Not going to have to wash the sheets in the morning like Michigan to cover that one. I think it helps too. You know, Penn State isn't really all there as well. Uh, I mean, Franklin doesn't win big games all that often either. You know, he struggles too. Uh, and also, you know, talks of him leaving, things like that. I just don't think Penn State really cares about the season much anymore. I think that'll help as well. A lot of distractions there. A lot of, yeah. a lot of James Franklin to USC or LSU, which I could see. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. Next game, number eight, Oklahoma at number 13, Baylor. Noon game, Oklahoma minus five and a half over under 63. Uh, I'll speak for both of us. We both have Baylor to cover and win. Um, You can add whatever you want to it, but I know that I have that. Uh, I just think, you know, Oklahoma off the bye, you know, maybe they'll be ready and maybe they will shut us up and, you know, beat Baylor by a good amount. But I just think Baylor's going to win this one. They're going to be pissed coming off that loss against TCU and they will be able to control the game against the Sooners. Absolutely agreed here. You give me a home underdog like Baylor, the way that they're playing this year. And then, yeah, I mean, you combine the home home underdog aspect with the, you know, unpredictability of Oklahoma. We never know what kind of team that we're going to get. They're going to do a lot of things well, but they're going to do something absolutely horribly bad in this game. That just kind of seems to be the narrative with these Oklahoma football games so far this year. And me and Kate have been saying it all year, you know, that Oklahoma is not getting out of this undefeated and, I think their time's up, man. I think Baylor takes this one. I like them to win and cover. Uh, Mississippi State at number 17, Auburn, our last noon game. Auburn is minus six. The over-under is 51. Who do you like in this one? Listen, it pains me. It really pains me to do this. Before the podcast, Cade, I, I just got done delighting the CEO of Rise Network, Mr. Roderick Kiriton, on some of the finest Mike Leach interviews that you have ever seen. You know, him on weddings, uh, him comparing pirates and Vikings. He's by far and away my favorite college football coach, most entertaining man in the sport by far. But, you know, it's what his first, second year at Mississippi State. Things aren't going well. He doesn't have his program under control right now. He's got to get his guys in there. It's a real bad year for them. I think Auburn takes care of this one pretty easily. I think they win and cover it. Yeah, I like Auburn to win and cover as well. Uh, you know, bad taste in their mouth after last week. I think they roll Mississippi State. And, you know, they're still fighting for, you know, a decent bowl game as well as they still got Bama on the ticker. So I think they still got to play some good football. Uh, next game, Purdue at number four, Ohio State. 3-30 game. Ohio State is 20.5-point favorites. With the over-under at 61.5. Mitch, do you like the Buckeyes? I actually hate the Buckeyes, Kate. But in, in this in this situation with this game, I like them a lot. I think they win this one. I think they cover this one. You know, Purdue played great last week. David Bell, Aiden O'Connell, the passing game is elite. They're going to run into a problem. They're going to be very, very upset to find that this Ohio State secondary is anything like the Michigan State secondary, much more formidable. I think they're going to have a hard time scoring points in general. Purdue, not the greatest rushing team in the world, uh, more talented passing the ball. And that is Ohio State's uh, defensive strength, too, is stopping the pass. So 
I know I, I think they uh, they get a letdown performance after the huge win over Sparty last weekend. I think Ohio State takes care of business to win and cover this one. Yeah, I think everyone will be on Purdue after last week, and I think Ohio State shuts them up, you know, routes them, and you know I don't think there's much to say. Uh, I just you know many people don't like to lay twenty and a half, but I think at this point I I'll take Ohio State. A uh, couple left. We got A and M number eleven Texas A and M at number fifteen Ole Miss. Probably one of the, probably might be the best game of the uh, slate. Who knows? But uh, we got three thirty game. A and M is two and a half point favorites. The over under is fifty five. What do you like? Yeah, this is a it's a it's a compelling matchup. You know, Ole Miss's defense really really bad this year. Got a high powered offense. I've said it a few times this episode. I just think A and M is a really well rounded team. They don't do a lot of things wrong. They don't do a ton of things great either. The defense is just really, really solid. I think they're going to be able to give Matt Corral enough of a headache to, you know, get the point total down to a level where their offense is going to be able to surpass it. So, yeah, I think A&M takes care of business here on the road in a big, another big win for the Aggies this year. Just add it to Jim, uh, Jimbo Fish. I almost said Jim Harbaugh. Add it to Jimbo Fisher's resume there for the Aggies. They win and cover this one. Yeah, I just don't love Ole Miss. Uh, I think they struggle. They've been struggling on offense lately, and I think they keep struggling. You know, when they got to go up against the Aggies' defense, so I'll take the Aggies to win and cover as well. I just great game, but you know, I just think the Aggies are the better football team. Last game, we got the uh, NC State Wolfpack against the uh, Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Our Demon Deacons, number sixteen at number twelve. Uh, Wake Forest coming off a loss. This is the night game, the seven thirty game. Uh, but they are favorites. Wake Forest minus two and a half over under 66 and a half. What do you like to end it up? Yeah, gonna I'm going to go with Wake Forest on this one. Sam Hartman got a real nice offense rolling over there. I really, really liked them in that in that North Carolina game last week. Unfortunately, they weren't able to pull it off. I think they come to this game heated, mad, ready to get to business. And I think they take NC State to town. I think they win and cover this one. Yeah, I think there's two ways to look at this. You either think Wake Forest, you know, comes out firing and you take them the win and cover and the over, or, you know, you probably fade what most people are doing, take NC State to win and cover and take the under. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, you know, I think NC State can win this game. They haven't been playing great lately, but I think they're still a good football team. I just don't trust Wake Forest's defense, so I'll take them. And then I just threw in three extra ones. Uh, I like Rutgers to bounce back against Indiana. I'll take a plus six and a half. Texas minus 30 versus Kansas. And I'll take my Pokes minus 13 versus TCU. All right. We got our last segment. Last week, we weren't able to get you a gimme five. So we're going to give you a twofer, two gimme fives. Uh, We'll start off with our top five favorite current college football coaches. Mitch, I'll give it to you. You can start off with your number five. Listen, my number five. Guys, he's going to be a college football coach for about another month here until he is officially let go by the university. But hey, everyone, I'm just going to say right now, you were lying if you said that you weren't entertained by the 2019 LSU Tigers and specifically their head coach, Ed Orgeron. He is, he is the human form of Fred Flintstone. Like I'm 100% convinced that that guy's DNA is like 98.9% caveman. There's, there's the voice aspect to it where, 
you know, he basically needs a translator. He's just, you know, he is Louisiana. I think he's hilarious. He's just, uh, I, I just get good vibes all the way, all the way around from Ed Orgeron. And it's for the most part, it's the voice thing, you know, go Tigers. I just, I just love it, man. So I got Ed Orgeron at five. He's just a real enjoyable coach, entertaining. I like him. And number five, uh, I'll give a disclaimer. This is a troll pick. I am trolling for all you out there. I will take Jim Harbaugh at number five. I love the way he blows big games. I love the way that he brings me happiness and uh, some of my friends' sadness, including Mitch, you know, especially a couple of weeks ago. But, depression, you know, it's just funny. Depression. What's up? Depression, not sadness. Okay. Uh, you know, it is funny how he was, you know, successful everywhere else, uh, you know, and he comes to Michigan. But I don't know. I got him at five. I can't say anything else about him. <laughs> You're fucking, you're such an asshole. <laughs> All right. Lane Kiffin. He is just the, just the rock star of college football coaches. He's the dude that's wearing sunglasses inside, you know, cloudy sunglasses, uh, you know, just the, the quotes that he makes about the popcorn tossing the mic in his halftime interviews. Uh, just, uh, I mean, he's really just an outlandish coach and he is a good coach, but he's just wildly entertaining, says things that he shouldn't say. And it takes a lot of heat for it, but I'm a fan of Lane Kiffin. I, I love people that just, I, I love coaches that just straight up set their nuts on the table. And Lane Kiffin does that just about every time he's in front of a microphone. So I'm going to get him at number four. Uh, four, I'm going with Mac Brown. You know, I'm not a huge Mac Brown guy, but I do just find it funny. You know, he always looks clueless out there, but he wins big games and, you know, he's always got the teams back behind him. You know, he's, he's, he's a good coach, not a great coach, but you know, I don't like love many college football coaches. So I'll toss Mac Brown in there. Number three for me, I'm going to go with Mike Gundy, man. He just, uh, Got the best hair in the game, for sure. Got rocking the mullet. I mean, man is, I guess you could say he's ahead of his time because, well, you know, by the, when he cut his hair into a mullet, it was in, and then it went out of style for a good 25 years. And, and now it's, it's suddenly working its way back in there. So I, I, I guess Mike Gundy is sort of a trendsetter now. And then, you know, I've mentioned this multiple times on the show is I'm a man, I'm 40 rant. One of the best moments in college football and Oklahoma State's a good team this year, so all the more reasons to watch Mike Gundy and just let the entertainment commence from there. So I got him at number three for my favorite coaches. I'm going the GOAT, Nick Saban, at two, uh, three for me. Uh, you know, just the way he can win championships, bring in those recruiting classes and, you know, have so much top NFL talent. And I also love the way that, you know, they'll be up by 44 and he'll still be custom and people on the sidelines, stuff like that. The dude just always has a motor, and you know he's got that sense of humor behind him. He's kind of like Belichick where he doesn't like to show it. Uh, so I got Saban at three. Yeah, I got Saban at two. And it's, you know, for a lot of the same reasons that you just said, I think he's secretly hilarious. You know, he's just like, he kind of just reminds you of your, your like your real, you know, bullheaded grandpa. Everyone's got a bullheaded grandpa, and he just... Reminds me of Nick Saban and uh, I, I just love his toughness. You know, I, I love particularly the way he interacts with the media, the whole don't, don't ask me that again. And they, they still ask him it because, you know, obviously it's their job. Uh, the way he interacts with players, how you mentioned, you know, still willing to rip someone's ass, even though they're up 40, you know, he's, I mean, just quite simply the best guy to ever do the job. And at the same time, he's real entertaining, you know, just, 
you ever have a chance, go watch some Nick Saban interviews. They're, uh, they're secretly funny. You know, he tells people to, you know, ask the Coke bottle a question because he's not going to answer it. And, uh, no, he's just, he's a good guy. I like Nick Saban. Two, I'm going Gundy. Uh, I know you already mentioned him, but you know, with my pokes, he's just funny guy. You know, the team seems to rally behind him. Uh, I know some people will always call for his job after the season because they never reached that potential, but he's just, you know, he's a reliable college football coach. And I like the way, you know, he is able to, you know, compose himself and he always seems to be on point with everything that he says. I know he's had some shakeups obviously last year, things like that, but at the same time, you know, I do think he is one of the better college football coaches. And if Oklahoma state were to, for some reason, let him go after one of these seasons, I think some teams definitely come calling. So I'll go, I got him at two and I think he keeps the, uh, the pokes roll and hopefully they could beat the Sooners. My number one, I mentioned him earlier in the episode, guys. He is by far and away the funniest college football coach in the history of college football coaches. The man, the myth, the legend, Sir Mike Leach, the head coach of Mississippi State. He's just quite, I mean, he's a national treasure. If you've ever seen him, you know, give uh, information or I'm sorry, not information, advice on weddings you know, breaking down pirates and, uh, and Vikings, whether he believes in aliens or not, he's just such a sincere dude in the sense that if you ask him a question, whether it's about football or just life in general, he is going to answer that question to his absolute best power is the best he can answer that question. And the most complete way that he can answer that question. He's a great interview. You know, someone that I look forward to interviewing, Hopefully one day in my life, I just, I, he's, he's entertaining as hell. And I don't think there's a dull moment with Mike Leach. So he's my favorite coach in college football. I do got Leach on my honorable mentions. Um, he's not my number one. Had to roll with my boy Mel Tucker over in East Lansing. I just, he just, the swagger, the, the swagger that, the swagger that I put Michigan on there too. I'm not Homer. I have both of them on there. The swagger that dude brings to the game, to the press conferences, to the locker room, to the Twitter clips. I just, you know, a lot of people doubted him. I never doubted him once when they hired him from Colorado. Granted, I didn't know much about him, but I was never one to doubt him. I always thought, you know, you know, a, a good, a new face was uh, good in East Lansing after, you know, a couple of bad seasons. And, you know, he's lived up to the hype. Obviously, last year, I don't really count the COVID year much. Um, but, you know, this year he has taken one of the teams that was projected bottom in the conference, bottom in the country. And, you know, here we are, we're eight and one in mid November. So I just like the way, you know, composes himself. seems like a good dude an honest dude. Uh, So I got him at one. All right. You heard it here first. I'm going to introduce our next give me five segment for the grand total of the give me 10 due to our technical difficulties we had last week. This give me five, we're going to do our top five favorite foods to eat while watching a game. I'm going to send it over to my co-host, Kay Lewitsky here. What's your number five? I see this is one of my favorite things to talk about. So I'm very happy that, um, you know, I came up with what well, it wasn't hard to come up with, but I'm happy we're doing it. Uh, Five, I'm going with the walking taco. Very underrated. If you haven't had a walking taco before, you're missing out big time. I'll, I'll explain it really quickly, but you grab like a mini bag of chips. It could be Doritos, Fritos, whatever you really want. Crush it up, put some taco meat in there, whatever you want with like chili cheese, salsa, sour cream, lettuce, tomato. 
it's just a walking taco and it's great. You can have so many of them and, you know, it's just an easy thing to eat on a, eat on the couch with a fork while you're watching a game. Don't have to make a best. So I'm going with walking taco at five. Right. Uh, hats off. That's a fantastic selection. <laughs> and walking taco Thank you. underrated. And another thing, they're not my number five pick, but I just, I, I really want a walking taco right now. So I'm going to talk about them for a little bit. There's no cleanup to it. You just pitch the bag away. You get the crunch in there and like one thing, and it, w- the one bad thing is you got to eat it quick, right? You can't let it sit. Cause then the yeah. gets soggy and you're just going to ruin your day. So walking tacos, an excellent choice just to m- make sure you consume it immediately. You know, just like those little packets on the ramen noodles attended for immediate consumption. That's what you're going to do with the walking taco. My number five, I was at, a little bit of a crossroads here. I was like, do I go burgers? Do I go brats? Listen to this. I went burgers and brats. Ter- terrific <laughs> combination, right? Burgers and brats. You know, it's just easy. Slap whatever. And you could even throw hot dogs in there. I mean, if you like hot dogs, I question you as a person a lot. We'll talk a little bit more about that in later episodes. But, you know, really just slap something on the grill. Barbecue is one of the best smells in the world. And, um, I just don't think there's anything better than a simple burger brat and your beer of choice on a game day. So I got that at number five for me. I do like brats. I'm a big fan of brats. Um, four, I'm going any chip and dip combo. I am. I'm a fan of pretty much any of them. Buffalo chicken dip, bean dip, uh, you know, a Mexican dip, uh, spinach dip is great too. Artichoke dip, uh, the French onion dip, you know, with the uh, classic Lay's, you know, that I don't even know what it's called, but any of those, you know, I'll hammer a chip and dip while I'm watching uh, my team play. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to, you know, uh, keep anyone out of this one. So I just went very broad and I'll put that at four. Now, listen, this one, this pick is not for our friends with sensitive stomachs, but if you can take the spice, all right, I love me a good plate of jalapeno poppers on a game day, man. He gets in nut. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. Cage shaking his head. And I'm just adamantly disappointed. Jalapeno- I, uh, I can't do the spice. Unfortunately, I wish I could, but I have, I do have a weak stomach. Kate, you see, Kate is one of our friends of the weak stomach. He would not be able to make it past two jalapeno poppers without having a bathroom trip over under uh, I mean, set the line on that bathroom trip over under on 20 minutes after jalapeno poppers for Kate Lewitsky. I don't even know, dude, it would be tough. Like everything, like I try to do spice sometimes too, and I'll make it through it. And then, you know, it's always like, even the next day it creeps up on you. So I'm not like, I'm not hating, I'm not hating on the pick. Like I do like wish I could put like jalapenos on different types of foods that I eat, but I just can't. I'm I'm a blessed man. I don't know where, I, I mean, I do know, I don't know where me and my grandpa on my dad's side got this just gut of steel. I mean, I can eat, I can go weeks without eating fast food and then just destroy a Big Mac. And I mean, I don't know, everything just takes care of itself in there. So I must be doing something right with my diet, but yeah, I, I love jalapeno poppers. I love spicy food. Going to put them in at number four for my game day foods. Uh, three, I got nachos. I'm a big nacho guy, just a full plate of nachos, especially when you go out and watch a game. Someone tells me their nachos good. There's a good chance I'm getting it. I'm probably splitting it. Um, uh, I like nachos, pretty much all kinds of nachos. Um, not going to discriminate, you know, beef, chicken, steak, 
whatever you want to put on there, even a little chorizo if you want to get crazy. Uh, but I'm a big nachos guy, so I'll go them at three. I'm going to go with a little bit of a Joe Blow pick here. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to hate on it too much just because it's one of the best foods ever created by man or by Italians, I guess I should say, which are which are our humans. So don't get, don't get that confused. We're going to go with pizza at number three, whether it's, you know, whether you're just a basic guy and you're just pepperoni and cheese, you want to get fancy with some, you know, some banana peppers, some mushrooms, ham. I mean, you can get real creative with the pizza if you're ordering it someplace you know, it depends on where you're getting it from, but I think the best way to do it is, you know, if, if you're around, if you're in the Midwest, head over to Nino Savaggio's, get yourself some dough, get yourself some pizza sauce, make your own, throw that bitch in the oven, put whatever the hell you want on it. And it's going to be absolutely fantastic. It's going to be chef's kiss quality pizza. And you're now have yourself a damn good time. And you're also going to have all your carbs for the week in one sitting. So enjoy yourself. You're going to feel full after what's, what's your favorite, uh, Michigan local pizza joint. Oh gosh. Are we going just fit? Are we going based on taste or bang for buck? No, little Caesars is King. I got, you got to go on taste. Yeah. yeah, Little Caesars is King. And when we're going on bang for buck, uh, I mean, honestly, if you're, if, if you're not paying for it, someone else shows up with pizza and you're like your favorite pizza. Someone could show up with. Probably Jets. Jets is uh, Jets is a great. It's respectable. Unless All we're right. going like right. crazy fancy and like that F- Freddie, I think it's Freddie the pizza man. He's like down in Ferndale somewhere. He went, he had like a really high rating on uh port nice pizza reviews. I've never had that. I don't know how expensive it is. <laughs> You've never had that. You're just bringing it up. Dude, it's gotta be good. I've had, I've had multiple people that have had it and they're like, yeah, it's amazing. And plus it got an insanely high score on uh one boy pizza reviews. So it's a, uh, it's up there in my list. All right, for sure. Uh, two, I'm going wings, any kind of wing. I know people love arguing over traditional or boneless. I don't discriminate yet again. I'll eat either of them. Uh, you know, just like I said, I can't do spice though. So, you know, my wings, they're not bland, but, you know, you know, just a nice barbecue, a little dry rub, maybe a little garlic parm. Uh, I am a ranch guy, not a huge blue cheese guy, unfortunately, for some people. But you're a blue cheese guy? I'm a huge blue cheese guy. Yeah, we'll pass on that one. You're a weirdo for that. Uh, we'll go with uh, wings for that. Um, just not B-dubs, though. So B-dubs wings, I know Rod, our CEO, will probably cry when I say this, but B-dubs does not have good wings. Don't settle for B-dubs. You can go somewhere else that has better wings, I promise you. Uh, so we'll go wings at two. Listen, I'm going to be a little bit of copycat. I also have wings at two for me. It just doesn't get more more American, more football than just a night, whether you're like, whether you're doing them yourself on the grill, in the oven, you're frying them, I mean, whatever you're doing wings. They're just amazing. You know, me, I like to, uh, I like to get a little spicy with it, but you, you really can't beat just the classic barbecue wing, whether, and I, I would agree with you. I don't discriminate whether bone in or boneless, you know, bone in, just be ready to have, have the napkins on hand, you know, go to the bathroom, Rinse your fingers, wipe your face off. So, uh, I mean, boneless is probably a little bit better uh, for game watching because you don't have to, you know, focus on like, oh, if, if I take this bite, am I going to have an extremely full face of barbecue sauce? Whether I can just, you know, cut this in half and stick it in my mouth with a fork. So, I would tend to say boneless wings if we're talking about game watching, but wings in general, just an amazing thing. Going to have them at number two. I forgot what I was going to say, but I was going to comment. No. Oh. I can like, that's the thing with me. Like I can't do spice. Like I like a good Buffalo wing, but like, 
I guess anything above that, like that's when you get into that dangerous territory for me. So, you know, I like any really kind of wing unless it gets too spicy. Okay, it's got the one system of a 90 year old woman. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Trust me. I'm not a fan. Uh, number one, I am going to copy your number three. Pizza is king for me. You know, I just love pizza so much. Uh, any kind. Uh, I will say this being a fellow Chicago resident now, Detroit style deep dish is so much better. Chicago's deep dish. I know there's going to be so many people that hate me for that, especially local people that if they heard me hate that, they'd be like, you're disgusting. But I'm just not a huge fan of the lasagna pizza. You know, I'm a fan of the uh, wait, deep wait, dish, I, Jets, Buddies. Can I stop? Aren't you wearing a Chicago shirt right now? Yeah. How it has a hot dog on it. You look like a freaking tourist. You look like a tourist right now. You look like you should be at. It has a Chicago Chicago dog on it. I'm not going to say Michigan dogs are better than Chicago dogs. I'm not that dumb. I'll tell you what. My favorite pizza is thin crust, so it doesn't really compare to either of those two. But, you know, I know you. What's up? You're an L.A. style guy. That's what they do out there in L.A., the thin crust. Not like the margarita, though. Not that, like, $25 pizza that, you know, doesn't fill you up. Uh, For me, uh, I do, like you said, for Michigan-wise, my favorite is probably Green Lantern. They have really good pizza, especially the uh, OG one. And I also like Alibi and Troy. If you're listening to this in Michigan, you've never had Alibi and Troy. Definitely top two, maybe not two. Uh, But those are my two. And then, you know, with pizza, you can always add on the breadsticks and things like that. So just a great cheap option. Everyone toss you a couple bucks, get some Zaz. Cottage Inn, too. Another underrated pizza place we got here in Michigan. Great. I love it. I like, I like Buddies, too. I know there's like the OG ones closer to downtown, but uh, even the ones by my house is good, too. All right. My number one overall. <laughs> Guys, I don't even know what you could have left. So oh, I'm probably not going to be surprised, though. Got one for you. So, you know, you know, my first pick, I was, I was kind of, you know, do I do burgers? Do I do brats? I went with the burger brat combination. I'm going to throw you guys off for a loop. Give me the pizza and wings combo. It's too, we, I already discussed, listen, you're upset with me. I already discussed this with CEO Rod. We, we, we made the confirmation. You have pizza, you have wings, one meal, two meal, pizza and wings, completely different meal. It's just completely different. So I'm going with the combination of the za and the wings. You know, you get the uh, you get your protein from the meat. You know, the sauciness, and then you get your carb balance. It's a real it's a it's a real healthy balanced meal. You know what I'm saying? And then you know you wash it down with a sixer or two, and you're having yourself a great Friday, a great Saturday, and you're gonna be feeling it tomorrow morning. You're gonna feel nice. You know, sluggish, heavy. You're going to want to get some cardio in. Uh, of course you won't, though. You'll be busy watching NFL football, in which you will then consume the leftover pizza and wings, thus creating the heart disease issue that is so prevalent in America. Now, do you have a place that you get both from, like, during a game day? At at one place? Like, go and yeah. birds with one? No. That's that, my friend. Okay. Is any pizza place that is a proper pizza place will do, they just won't have wings because you're there. I just I was just hoping I was actually hoping you said yes so I could just hate on you because I was gonna say the same thing. It's a sin. You if, can't, the, yeah. if there is one out there, let us know because I would like to try it out. But you know, you gotta order them separate. 
you got, it's like, you got, you got to pick one or the other, you know, you either got to be a wing place or a pizza place. When, and one thing I think is funny too, is that like, like people will get wings from a pizza place, but could you imagine going to like a wing? Like, could you imagine getting pizza from B-dubs or Wingstop? Like, no. So why do we, that's why I hate P-dubs so much. Well, I don't hate it. Like I'll eat their wings, you know, like sometimes you like, all right, we're, we're, we're getting off. I guess on topic, but off topic. Uh, Give me five. Yeah. Like people, like I'm a very big subway hater, but there is that one time where, you know, I crave a subway sandwich and I don't know why, but I'll go and get one. And that's the same, how I feel about B-dubs. You know, one time I'll be like, damn, you know, I can use some B-dubs wings. So that's kind of how I feel with like, and B-dubs is trying to like, you know, uh, we got chicken sandwiches now we got burgers, you know, and I like, all right, just your wings aren't great. Just settle on those and go from there. That should be their slogan. Our wings aren't great, but they get the job done. <laughs> yeah, our wings aren't great, but people are in. Yeah. All right. That All was right. a good gimme five to end on. I liked it. Right. It was a good gimme five, good gimme 10. Good episode overall. That's going to wrap it for us over here at Natty Talk at Rise Network in Shelby Township. Uh, yeah, that's it. Okay, it's got something to say. I got one last thing. Um don't love free ads, but since I am a part of it, I will give a free ad. Uh, I'm coming out with a trivia show uh, starting today. Uh, we'll probably release it sometime this week. Check out my trivia show. Um, you know, follow along, see how you like the questions. Uh, just something new we're trying out. So we'll probably be on YouTube. Hopefully, post it by Friday. So go check it out for us. That's Trebek Jr. over here, Mr. Kate Lewitsky. Going to be he's the next guy on Jeopardy. Aaron Rodgers or Kate Lewitsky? I know who my vote's with. Not gonna tell you who. I don't lie. So I'm just put it that way. And I don't play for the Green Bay. So that's another W. Kate Lewitsky, immunized, not vaccinated. <laughs> Kate Lewitsky doesn't lie to the media. That's all I need to hear. All right. We're gonna wrap it there. That was Natty Talk episode number eight. We'll catch you guys back here next week for some more college football action with myself and Kate. It's been nice talking to you, and we will see you guys then.